to the NCAA Regional Edition of Puck University. I'm your host, Tim Williams, joined this week by Dave Dondino again. And from the Providence Regional, we have Inside Hockey's Chris Lynch joining us as well. We're going to look at the NCAA tournament bracket released on Sunday after all the conference championships have been decided. And let's start out in the Midwest with the presumably the number one overall seed, the Denver Pioneers. They'll be taking on Michigan Tech in the first round. The winner of that will go on to face the winner of Penn State and Union. There are a lot of stories in the Midwest, but I think the top one is, of course, top seed. How much of a favorite coming into this national tournament is Denver, Dave? I think they're a prohibitive favorite. I haven't seen a better team than Denver all year, and I think that losing to North Dakota in the uh, frozen faceoff was probably one of the best things that could have happened to them. They came in riding a 15-game winning streak, and that's just hard to sustain all the way through. So I think that their coach, Jim Montgomery, even said afterwards that was probably a blessing in disguise for them. And I think that out of this region, I think Tech – is a, is a sleeper team for these guys. I think they, they, they're capable of throwing an upset with the way that they play defense, but Denver is hungry and, and they're my frozen four pick. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, I think Denver is really the prohibitive favorite out of that regional. Certainly. I think only union would give them a real run for their money for the whole game. I think check. And I find it interesting also for historical programs within college hockey, you have two of the better programs in terms of winning championships. Denver with seven and Tech with three. Problem for Tech is they haven't been to the Frozen Four since eighty one. They haven't won the uh they haven't won a national championship since nineteen seventy five and they're going on two decades three decades now of irrelevance that is coming to an end with them being back in the big dance. So let's be happy that one of the premier historical national programs is back to relevance. And this will be a a defensive matchup simply because there are five goaltenders in college hockey with a goal, with a goals against average of under two and two of them are playing in this game, but Denver has the offense that tech wishes they had. I think it'll be close to two periods. Denver will pull away at the third. Michigan Tech is is not only a big story because they've made it their way back to the tournament. They're a team that really, when there was realignment, when the Big Ten Conference started their hockey conference, maybe nobody was hurt more by the realignment than ensued than Michigan Tech. The WCHA had been a pretty big conference to that point, and it was kind of relegated now to where the only way you can get in the tournament from that conference is to win the conference, and they had to pull some upsets to do that. So it is nice to see Michigan Tech back in these brackets. That's an excellent point as well. Yeah, and another team that's fun to see is Penn State getting into the into the tournament for the first time. That's got to bode well for college hockey overall. And uh, facing Union, people forget that Union won this in 2014. So they're going to come in uh, kind of as a Cinderella, I guess, but uh, with a great record and one of the top lines in all of hockey. Yeah, Union Penn has... State is... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Chris. I was just going uh, to point State out that is... Union has a Hobie Baker candidate as well, so they should they should be on there as well. But it is a great story for Penn State. Go ahead about Penn State, Chris. Uh, yeah, I think it's... It's great to see college hockey developing and getting new programs, especially at the big schools. When I mentioned to my dad, that, who's a long-term, who went to Harvard, went to BU for law school, grew up a college hockey fan in, in ye olde days, uh, when I mentioned to him that Penn State of all schools is in the Frozen Four, I think my dad's reaction was some, was some sort of, huh? And good for college hockey because you need more programs like that. That said, I think Vecchioni should end up winning the Hobie Baker for uh, uh, this season. He's from Union. And I think that I think Union will just have a lot more firepower than what Penn State will be able to handle for their first big exposure. Good for them. I'm very happy that they're in it, but I just don't think they have the firepower to keep up with Union ultimately. I think Penn State has a lot of firepower, but they put so many shots on net. But what I don't think they have is the uh, 
is the defense to put up with Union, you know, that Union can do. I think Union is stronger a little bit defensively. But what was impressive with Penn State was winning three games to get here uh, last weekend and and to end it with a, a double overtime win over Wisconsin that needed to get in here too. And it was just two to one. That's, I think Penn State might might be, they can't overlook, a Union can't overlook a team like that. But regardless, I I still think that whoever comes out of that game has got their hands full with Denver. Penn State You're played 13 right. periods over the weekend. Gosh. 13. Yeah. That's when you count the two overtimes in two different games. That That's an insane way to go about winning your conference. And I think it's almost as remarkable as that, that they were outshot by Wisconsin, it's really hard to outshoot Penn State and a lot harder for Penn State to win a game where you outshoot them. And they managed to do that against Wisconsin, but I, I agree that they're going to have their hands full as far as Union's concerned. And, and you know, Chris, you mentioned Vecchioni should win the Hobie Baker Trophy. I would say that this is his chance to win the Hobie Baker Trophy. I think the one of the main other candidates you would say might be the leader in the clubhouse, but Vecchione is still playing and that gives him a really good chance to do this because you have a couple of great goalies that fell early in the, in both the WCHA and the Atlantic tournament and Zach Aston Reese theory of the best players in the country are not going to be playing in this tournament, giving Mike Vecchione a really good chance to make his final case for that Hobie Bay trophy. Absolutely. I also think that uh, I wanted to respond to the uh, the point about Penn State having the firepower to keep up with Union. I think for the first two periods, you're right, but I don't know what it is about the Dutchman. But for some bizarre reason, whenever we get to the third period, I think they're either one or two in third period goal differential and third period scoring. If uh, if Penn State cannot get a third period lead. They will not win, and even if they do get a third period lead, they're in for a they're in for a, a hailstorm of pucks coming at them. And uh, I and I'm going off of I got to cover a game between Union and Harvard um, at Bright Landry in Har- uh, at Harvard, and it was a six to two lead uh, for Harvard. They were up by four goals in the third period. They cut into it pretty quickly, or excuse me, it was a 4 nothing lead, and Union cut into it, cut, made it a two-goal game, and was a, was a post and a bounce away from making it a one-goal game and making Harvard sweat right before the Beanpot final. So I would say if we're talking about the first and second period, yes. If we're talking about the third period, uh, no, no, not at all. I think Union is really the best third-period hockey team in the country, other than maybe I think Notre Dame or BU would be the other ones in the third period, but I take Union in that department. I think that, I think a kid you got to look at in this whole thing is Angus Redmond. He has a one point six seven six goals against. Like you mentioned earlier, they have some great goaltending here, but this is the type of game that where an upset can happen with Denver in that first game. Um, they've got that goalie. They've been on a roll. What have they won? I think I, I'm not even sure what they've done, but they've been on a roll lately on Michigan tech. And I can't, can't remember what they've done right now, but they've, uh, that is a kid, you know, goalies at this time, you need a great goalie to uh, uh, come this tra- tournament time. And he's a type of goalie that can do it. Although Denver has no slouch and Tanner Gillette back there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Denver will keep it tight with, will we'll keep it tight with the goaltending. I just don't think he's, I think the highest scorer for Tech got only 20-odd points. Yeah. I don't think they'll be able to keep up with uh, – I don't. I just don't think they'll be able to keep up in, oh, in that game. Yeah, Henrik Borgstrom, uh, Terry, Team USA man. I mean, they've got so much talent. Will Butcher, that is that is one deep and talented team. They remind me of last year uh, when North Dakota was going through everything. That They're that good. Yeah, that's a fair comparison, actually. That's – that's a brilliant comparison, actually. So, um, yeah, I I do think the Union uh, the Union Denver game that we're hypothesizing would be a great one, assuming we get to that point, and assuming we don't write off the other uh, the other players in this regional. But it'll be a great time out in Cincinnati. Quite a shame that neither of us will be able to be there to watch it. 
Yes, but all these games I think are on TV, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can see them in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, it must be nice for to to be able to watch these games from Hawaii and just wonder, gee, I wonder what cold feels like anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, I'll, I'll start. I think they start at nine a.m. tomorrow, uh, so it's a little bit better for me uh, than than most people. So, in the interest of not counting anyone out, certainly Denver is the favorite in the regional, and Union would be favored over Penn State, but. Just a really interesting wrinkle here. I mentioned Michigan Tech might have been the team hurt most by realignment. Because of that, Michigan Tech fans tend to have it in a little bit for Penn State. They don't get a chance to play the Nittany Lions very much. So while it would be a long shot for that game to happen, I don't think there's anything Michigan Tech fans are dreaming of more than a chance to just let Penn State hear it, even if it is all the way down in Cincinnati. Not that far of a drive for either of those schools. So that would be that would be really interesting. It's probably not going to happen, though, because I, I think we might all be in agreement that if we had to pick, and this isn't necessarily anywhere where you have to pick anything, I think we'd all have Denver make the Frozen Four out of this region it's not too surprising if they lose but i think we all have denver yeah absolutely denver's the best team overall denver's got great goal sending great offense They're, they've got everything you need to win a championship i think out of all four regions this is the one that there's he they're the most prohibitive favorite and with that we'll move on to the northeast region to be take, taking place in manchester new hampshire minnesota takes on notre dame and Cornell takes on Massachusetts Lowell. This is kind of interesting that Minnesota is the top seed, but really this is going to be a couple of home games for Massachusetts Lowell. Chris and I were both at the Hockey East semifinals and final and saw just how well the Mass Lowell fans can make a half-hour drive to the south. I'm sure they don't have that much trouble making a similar drive to the north, and it is going to be loud when the Riverhawks take the ice against Cornell. Absolutely. Those give a, give those fans a lot of credit. They love their Riverhawks. They love their program, and they have a chip on their shoulders because Norm Bazin, after winning the uh, after winning the Hockey East Championship, Norm Bazin, the head coach of the Riverhawks, and also coincidentally a Riverhawk alum, commented on his program saying that they don't get a lot of finished products, as it were, that come to Lowell. They get a lot of rough gems that have to be worked out. They're not the sexy team like BU or BC or North Dakota or Denver or any of those programs. They've got to work at it in a way that no one else does. And those Lowell fans, they wear it as a badge of honor to uh, to be a Lowell person or to be in that sort of program. They will make the drive. They'll make it entertaining. And uh, spoiler warning, I actually think the Riverhawks will go to the Frozen Four out of that region. I'm I'm with you on on Mass Lowell to to get to the Frozen Four on that actually yeah I think that the winner of this this game here probably has the upper hand because of the way they can play defense and I'm a huge Norm Bazin fan I think that they they do things right over there they they fly under the radar most of the season but they're always there at the end lately it seems like they've got a tremendous power play that's that's clicking at about 27 percent and they they kill uh, they kill off the penalty kill at about uh, just almost 86 percent. Um, they can be kind of big and physical, or not big, but they can be physical. Uh, I think Gambardell is a, a great player. Uh, I think uh, Smith is also really strong, and Dylan Zink back there. They've got a couple of hundred point players for their careers, so they're experienced. They've got talent more than they more than they let on, and um, I think this is their shot to get to the Frozen Four. That's Absolutely. five straight years for Norm Bazin making, bringing his Riverhawks to the Hockey East final. They've won three of those five, and they've made the Frozen Four at least once in that span. So here comes Mass Lowell with a shot at maybe go taking the next step, making the championship, maybe make maybe winning the national championship. They might be a two seed, but I really think they're the strongest team in this region, as good as Minnesota has been, and they have been excellent. 
I'm not so sure that Minnesota's the best team out of that. Uh, is, has an upper hand on Notre Dame. They've had a couple of key injuries again that have come through. They lost uh, before the they lost out in the uh, the semifinals of their of their Big Ten tournament. And I'm not so sure that Notre Dame Notre Dame seems to be pre- playing pretty well right now. Um, and they've got some heavy hitters and Cal Peterson. So that's a coin flip game for me. Although they are fun to watch. Move that puck around. Notre Dame is fun to watch when they actually get going. The problem is Notre Dame has either been hitting on all cylinders or hasn't been doing a lot right. Either they're at a Gannis Arena in Boston beating the Terriers on their home rink or they're getting shutouts or they're at home or they are sweeping Providence at home. It seemed that they have handled uh, at the Compton Ice Arena with relative ease or this is the this is the situation I find uh, that I that is still fresh in my mind, or a good team that can play on the defensive end like Lowell can get out and make life very uncomfortable for Anders Bjork and uh, and the top unit for the Irish. And if Cal Peterson is asked to do every single little thing, not every goaltender is perfect. Throughout like every goaltender will have a day in which they're not perfect throughout the whole day. So I think if they if they can't get any offense, they're in trouble. And I'm not that high on Notre Dame, but I would pick Minnesota over them for just consistency in general. Well, I think they're very Notre Dame. Uh, Minnesota's got a very quick team, and they've and they've beaten some great teams this year, and they've lost to some teams when they shouldn't have lost. They're an up and down team, uh, but that whole Big Ten conference is all about offense. That's why. Uh, what Penn State did in the finals was so surprising to me. Um, but they're a team that no lead is safe with, with uh, Sheehy and Kloos. I love Kloos. I think he's one of the great players to watch. But Shearhorn's uh, only got a 2.65 in net right now. So I understand that incon- they, they, they won the league, but they're a little bit, they've been an inconsistent of late too. So I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, I guess I, I'd probably go with Gophers too out of that one, but it wouldn't shock me to see Notre Dame that's a little bit bigger than them, um, slow them down a little bit, and uh, maybe uh, make it a little bit more defensive. I, think... I would agree with you on that. I think that Notre Dame will – I think Notre Dame has to try and play to their strength. They're a good offensive team, but their strength is Cal Peterson. Their strength is getting it to their goaltender and letting him uh, win the games. Because not remember, not only is Cal Peterson um, their starting goaltender, he's their captain. That's not too frequent in any level of hockey for the starting goalie to also be the captain. So I'm willing to put my money on the Gophers for winning for winning that matchup and going on and facing and ultimately losing to Lowell through the fault of effort. Just I don't think they're quick enough to keep up with the River Hawks. So I think we might be in the end of us in this one again. I think we might all have Lowell coming out of the Northeast the way that we all had Denver coming out of the Midwest. I certainly have Lowell. Um, like like I said, I was at the TD Garden last weekend. I saw Mass Lowell play some excellent hockey throughout, and it's it's really hard to pick against them right now, given what the rest of that region looks like. Notre Dame can play extremely well. They have one of the most talented goalies in college hockey. And certainly if you get the hot goalie at this time of year, you're you're the team to beat. But Notre Dame can also be very inconsistent. Jeff Jackson said it himself after Notre Dame lost on Friday night. They didn't play their game in Boston. They were They were off their game. And when they're off their game, they can get handled by some teams like a UMass Lowell. So... It will be interesting to see if Notre Dame can find some consistency or at least get back to the style of play that they're used to against Minnesota. But I, I think that UMass Lowell is the the class of this region, at least coming in, and everything is, of course, on paper at this point. I think we're all on board with that one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next regional. Yeah, I, I guess we should go to the – yeah, we'll go to the Providence Regional. Chris, you've been to Providence and back. You've been making that drive, which involves Massachusetts traffic. And as someone who lives up here, I I can certainly sympathize with that. But, you know, trust, maybe it's being, me. living back east. I'm sorry, what? 
maybe it's living back east, but I really think Harvard has been either the best team in the country or 1A for the last few months of the season. I, I, I could not be more bullish on Harvard coming into this tournament myself. Um, I think Harvard is – I I was at the Beanpot Championship game, so I've been fortunate enough to be able to say this. Uh, Harvard's the best college hockey team I've seen since I've been able to cover this stuff. Admittedly, my body of experience when it comes to college hockey is not as deep as many, but um, I ultimately think that Harvard's got – they've got everything. They – I would pick I would pick them to ultimately, despite the bad seating I think that a lot of people will take. Excuse me. I think a lot of people will look at the seating, giving them the Providence Regional and facing the Friars, a team that is very good in their home state. I think a lot of people will look at that and say, not sure about Harvard. Harvard will, will be Providence in that game. So I'm very high on them. Yeah, I think you might be right that they they didn't get a beneficial seed that they have to play in Providence against Providence. I mentioned Minnesota's kind of up against it as the top seed in the Northeast playing so close to Lowell, but that's nothing compared to Harvard playing down the street from Providence College, essentially, for their game against PC. That's going to be a tall order. On the other side of that regional, you have Air Force in Western Michigan. Air Force won the Atlantic Conference. Western Michigan, well, their entire athletics department has had a blessed year. Yeah, with their football team winning, their football team winning the national champ, uh, or winning their uh, division and getting, uh, they had a great showing. You know, when Air Force beat them earlier this year and they tied, or I guess they tied in the Broncos won four one. So uh, Black didn't play in either one of those games. Those the the goalie Ben Blacker, and he's been uh, he's been the backbone of Western Michigan. Don't discount Western Michigan in this this region at all. They've got goaltending. They've got size. They've always had size. Andy Murray's teams are always uh, about being physical. And uh, they're the little engine that could in a lot of ways because they they were overlooked. They were picked to finish sixth, I think, in the in the NCHC and. Uh, they they wound up facing uh, finishing third. They're uh, they've got everything. Uh, they there's not one team that they couldn't beat in this country. Now if they can sustain it all the way through, I don't know. But I think that they'll be facing Harvard in the in in the finals, and I don't know if that's going to be something that Harvard would really like to see. I don't think we're going to see Western Michigan pull out the victory over the Air Force Academy. And it has nothing to do with uh, uh, with Western Michigan's abilities. It has everything to do with Air Force. I haven't seen them in person, but I've watched them on tape. I got to watch them practice a bit. That team can play defense. Uh, that team can play defense. They're, I think they're the best penalty kill in the country. They allow the fourth fewest goals in the country. And I actually think that Coast, that the Air Force is the one that frequently gets discredited because they play in the Atlantic and the Atlantic is often frowned upon as being not that great a division within college hockey. But I would say don't overlook the, uh, the Falcons for it. But I mean, granted, I got to speak with the coaches and while I do like uh, Western Michigan's coaching staff, I cannot help but love the head man for for Air Force. He's just he's just amazing. So I would I would actually pick Air Force. Which would that would that make our first disagreement about say, the result of the game? This will be our first disagreement. I'm going to take the Broncos because uh, I think Acapella is a, a great uh, great player. Sheldon Drees, they've got leadership. They've got uh, they've got defense. They've got a great little uh, young goalie, and they're hungry. Um, and they've played in the best conference in 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 college hockey this year. You can look at the interconference records. Um, they had they're a very strong team. That's all I, I guess I can say. They they kill their power play. Their power play converts at a twenty oh just about twenty one percent. Their penalty kills just about eighty one percent. But you're right about Air Force. They are overlooked. They got a great goalie in Starrett. Uh, he's got a one point nine goals against. Uh, but they play in a league that doesn't give all the scholarships out for hockey that they can. 
They, I think they give out 16 where everyone else gives out 20. And when you get into the depth, the Broncos are going to roll out four lines, and that's going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. I just trust the coaching staff that uh, I've seen at the Air Force Academy. I trust that I trust that unit there. I think they'll be able to take out a victory, and it all boils down to pace of play. These teams played earlier on in the season, all the way back in November, and the biggest thing coming out of the press conference today is that the players knew that we can't get into an up-and-down, back-and-forth kind of matchup. We have to get into a more physical, grinded-out style of hockey game. And I think that for, for all postseason hockey, I don't think the natural style of play is up-and-down and back-and-forth and back and style of hockey. The natural pace of play is get physical, get into the boards, lock them up on battles, lean on your goaltender, and beat the ever-loving crap out of people. I think Coast Guard, I keep saying Coast Guard because my, my brother, <laughs> brief, brief aside, my brother, is from, my brother went to Connecticut College for, uh, for his, his uh, time in school, Coast Guard and, um, and Con College arrivals, so that's why I keep mixing them up. I keep thinking of that little connection. Air Force is more suited to play that style of hockey than Western Michigan is. So I will take Coast Guard for the style of play alone. I, I totally just that, That's how the Broncos have been known. The only time this is the first year that the Broncos have been known as any type of finesse team, and not really a finesse team, I guess a skilled team. And I talked to Sheldon Grice about that earlier this year. And this is the first year that they've actually incorporated offensive skills after the game and during the throughout the season. They add little shooting drills and stuff that people can stand for. Uh, one thing that Andy Murray can be a taskmaster. Uh, one thing he's added is he's added a little bit more fun to the to the to the practices this year for them. They're having a great time. They're a very together. I, I can see yeah. where you want Air Force, but I'm going to go with Andy and I'm going to go with the Broncos, and we've got our first uh, disagreement. <laughs> That's fine by me. I mean, I I still think Harvard tops uh, whoever comes out of that game. So I still yeah. think Harvard will ultimately pull that victory out because. Importantly, Harvard is just better than uh, than the other teams in the regional. So I will still take them out of the Frozen Four. So ultimately, our disagreement about this game is a little negligible. To yeah, a I think Harvard, you know, it's it's remarkable. I think Harvard's actually a little bit of a surprise this year after they lost to USC. And they come back and, they, and they're actually a better, a stronger team. But with Merrick Madsen, and they, they've, been, they've been a great, consistent team. It's going to come down to, again, um, I think it's going to be Harvard and it's going to be Western Michigan. And I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. That'll be a phenomenal game. And I'll tell you why Harvard has been such a uh, sort of surprise team. And Alex Kerfoot was asked about this in a press conference today. And Kerfoot's response, I think, spoke volumes of it. Is that with, um, with Jimmy Vesey and uh, Chris Coe last year, um, they were so good that it almost was expected for them to take over hockey games and for them to dictate the pace of play, which this is not a knock against them, but I think in their words, Harvard sort of allowed them to take over without those two who knew you could go to at any point for a goal and everyone else having to step up. Everyone else's talent is starting to shine through beautifully. And there's one other point with this Harvard team. They live in the shadows of BU and BC, two programs that are regularly ranked as the best in the country. Harvard is just on the other side of the river from BU, and they know that they haven't won. They knew when going into the Beanpot. They hadn't won a Beanpot since 1993. They know they haven't been to the Frozen Four since 1994, and they know that they have won national championship, and that was before most of the players were born. I think Harvard wants this, wants this maybe more than any other program in the country because of where they are, because of the coaching that they have from Donato, and the, who was on that 89 championship team, and because they live in the shadow of hockey championships within the college world in BU and BC. Now, Chris, are you suggesting that when a team hasn't won a bean pot in a while, the people that root for the other schools might let them hear it? I, 
just personally, I, I'm shocked as as a Northeastern alum that that would be a thing that comes up to people from Harvard and that they'd hear about a lot. <laughs> oh, by the way, thank you for beating BC in the consolation game of the tournament this year. That made us very happy on Comav. What well, doesn't hurt? Just saying. It doesn't hurt that Harvard's also an Ivy school, Ivy League school. So it's like, God, they got they've got everything over there. <laughs> Yeah, they have, yeah. and they have a lot of rivals because of the because of the bean pot because of being one of those schools in one of the Ivy League ECAC schools. They have a lot of teams that they have a pretty sour history with. So you wouldn't expect Harvard as the kind of school that's that gets into a lot of rivalry fights. But in hockey, it's really true. And it, it, one more point about their history this season and maybe the bean pot. It's something that we mention a lot every February that of the three schools in that tournament that have won national championships, all of them have had to win the bean pot first and Harvard has that under their belt. So I think that's a little bit going forward, a little bit of a, um, a pick me up for the crimson that they have this tournament experience and they showed it again in the ECAC tournament winning at Lake Placid. Yeah, I mean, they, Kerfoot admitted exactly that, that he wasn't sure whether or not the, uh, the quote, beanpot lift, close quote, was really a thing. And then they won the beanpot, and they won, like, five or six straight. They've been on a long winning streak since then. And, it's, and he admitted that, yeah, that's, that's completely a thing. I, am, I will never underestimate that lift from that tournament ever again. And speaking of um, bad forts, I think when we now that we get to the West, and by the way, you're listening to Puck University on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Tim Williams, joined by Dave Dondino and Chris Lynch. We're talking about the college hockey NCAA tournament bracket, and we're just getting to the West Regional to be held in Fargo, North Dakota, that we're we talked about home ice advantage for Lowell and Manchester and Providence and Providence, but I'm not sure anybody has it in this tournament like North Dakota's going to have it in Fargo. I'm curious. I'm curious. How far is that? Uh, the does Harvard travel to get to Providence? I, I'm, I'm me being from North Dakota. I'm not sure how far that goes to our park. It's about an hour's drive without traffic. More like two hours with traffic. Yeah. So, oh, so... you're being overzealous with the whole traffic deal. The drive from Harvard, I would say it, it really averages out. I did the drive back from Providence to Boston, which, by the way, I'm now back in Boston. Um, I did that drive back today in about an hour and a half, but the first bit of it took a lot longer because I didn't know my way out of the arena because I've never been to Dunkin' Donuts Center before. So I took many wrong turns just exploring the back roads of Providence. But the drive from uh, our North Dakota friend, everything is smaller in general in terms of land space here in New England than it is uh, out out west. So it's an an hour and a half drive to get from the Boston area to Providence. So it's about an hour drive from Grand Forks to Fargo, but North Dakota, the one thing about North Dakota is it doesn't matter if you're North Dakota, North Dakota State. Um, this is a state that just supports its own. Carson uh, Wentz from Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia Eagles now. Um, oh, yeah. All out in Philadelphia. They, they, they really support, and it's the best traveling team in hockey, and, and it's great for the NCAA as far as financially that they did get into it. It also would have been a huge blow. Um, now, I would say when I look at this region – uh take all your biases aside i think this is the best region in in call in in out of all four regions by far you've got two of the most storied teams in north dakota and bu you've got probably you know that you've got the nchc winner in duluth uh and then you've got a huge uh, a huge college a university in ohio state that's also playing in this region that is probably the biggest underdog of all the games uh in my opinion um but this is going to be great and that bu north dakota matchup that I wish I was there in person for, but there was a line today. I saw on, uh, I saw a friend sent me a picture. There was a line outside the door that extended. Uh, some visiting teams didn't didn't use all their tickets, so there was a line that must have been two or three thousand deep 
for people. They slept overnight for tickets to get them. That's how rabid the fans wow. are. Right there. That was just incredible. Sitting, just setting the scene for our listeners a little bit as we get a little more into this North Dakota BU chip. Dave mentioned he's a North Dakota guy. Chris is a BU alumnus. Mm-hmm. So this is we've Personal. been talking about that. Yeah, we've been talking about this in terms of analysis, and we certainly will continue to talk about this in terms of analysis. But just for a little bit, this is college hockey. We wouldn't be talking about this if we weren't all fans. So go ahead, <laughs> just well, just go ahead and have a little bit of back and forth. I'm a northeastern guy. I'm going to sit this one out. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you from my point, and you talk about me being from North Dakota and stuff. I grew up in Grand Forks. My dad worked at the University of North Dakota for 37 years as the, the ground supervisor. Um, we, he used to take me to the games where the, uh, where the Zamboni would come out because he was in charge. That's how we got down to the games. And we were there long before the Ralph Engelstead was there. There's a couple of, uh, when they, they used to play in a, in a arena that had chicken wire that would go up and then they went to the Hislop and we thought, Oh man, that's crazy. That's going to be big. And then Ralph Engelstead built that magnificent arena that holds 11,000. And when he started building that people thought they were nuts because they were like, there's no way we're going to sell out 11,000, but they've built this into a, into a huge program. And they actually, you know, they, they built it when I was in school, they the Boston's and the Boston colleges. Those were the schools that everyone looked up to and to be on par with them right now. Um, this is this is a game uh, we played uh, Boston College in in New York City earlier this year, and had they not won that game, they wouldn't be here today. Uh, so you can blame Boston College for having North Dakota show up in this in, in this arena. You know, I'm actually kind of okay with it because as much as I uh, I've got all kinds of respect for North Dakota because they they have the record for most appearances in the championship game. They're second all-time in national championships with eight. They're only one behind the University of Michigan, who's got nine. So I don't really have an issue with North Dakota. I I will just say, thank you for being Boston College. We really <laughs> don't like those guys. I can I can attest that, Tim, we're not huge Northeastern people over here on Commonwealth Avenue. But trust me, that doesn't hold a candle to our dislike of those eagles uh from newton university so uh yeah we we don't think highly of uh, of that group so i will just simply say thank you very much for beating the eagles and let's move on well, so go ahead um uh just a little bit of background on me as a bu person the first ever bu hockey game that i attended was the first ever frozen fenway in 2010 between BU and BC, and this was the year after BU had won the national championship that was sandwiched basically by two BC runs to the, uh, to the title as well. So you had, the at the time, the two best hockey programs going out it, and uh, BU won that game, and I have been a BU person ever since, though to be fair, my parents met at Boston University Law School, and I've got an uncle who has two degrees from here. I have my brother was at law school here now at BU now, so I am and will forever be a BU Terrier. So uh, it's my team, it's my group, but truthfully, as a fan, I'm not talking about as an analyst, as a fan, I don't feel that great about the Terriers after their ending to both the regular season and their less than excellent performance in the hockey semifinal game against BC. I just don't feel that good right now. I I can see that because BU uh North Dakota's coming in and about a month ago, I think we had we had a, we had one of these podcasts a few weeks ago and I said that the the North Dakota was on the outside looking in. They had a reality check when their backs were against the wall and they're playing their best hockey of the year right now whereas BU they're not playing their best hockey. Both of these teams have been frustratingly inconsistent. I picked BU to be uh, as my preseason pick because of all the talent with all of the four first rounders, uh, four first round picks. I mean, God, think about that on this on this game. You've got uh, you've got Clayton Keller, uh, Tyson Jost, uh, Kiefer Bellows. Uh, you've got uh, the defenseman uh, who was Jost's uh, Jost. Uh, partner um out in print uh, out in canada on their leagues what's his name fabro 
Uh, they've yeah. got, you've got so much talent on the ice here. Both of these teams have struggled at times. And you made mention of something uh, with Harvard last year when they had Vesey and they, they just put it all on Vesey to, to do it. I think that was North Dakota at the beginning of the year. They were waiting for Brock Besser to maybe lead them and Tyson Jost. Everyone's like, oh, wow. Well, they got split up for a while uh, off of the lines because they couldn't do it. And Besser got hurt. And he wasn't handling all the pressure that well. But he has 11 points in the last nine games, I believe. Um, Barry's running that line out. And then they've got Austin Pagansky. Uh, they've got a lot of young guys out there. They're playing the best there. Uh, uh, if, if BU beats them, they're beating North Dakota coming off its best performances of the year right now. Um, and I personally think they have the talent too. I think it's going to be great. Be a lot of the North Dakota fans have watched uh, Clayton Keller and some of those guys at the under 18s last year when they played in Grand Forks. Clayton was um, arguably the best player there. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be just a tremendous matchup to watch. And we haven't even got into the to the other side of it yet with uh, Duluth. I'll tell you about uh, before we get into the Duluth game. Um, I'll give you a little bit of insight as someone who has covered and gotten inside with the uh, with the Terriers that. That team is loaded with talent. And the reason why I am still hopeful about the Terriers is because Jake Ottinger is an NHL caliber goaltender playing on a college rink. He is, he is a phenomenal goaltender. He almost single-handedly kind of won them a game against Lowell at home earlier on in the season, and that's a Lowell team we think will go to the Frozen Four. Ottinger played as well as he could have against an Eagles team that was firing on all cylinders. And had there not been a terrible officiating call in which Ryan Fitzgerald dove on the puck in the last 10 seconds of play and had Ryan Fitzgerald not dove on the puck and BU gotten one last chance, we may well have gotten overtime. And they scored those three go- those two goals in the last 3.46 that the goalie pulled, they made a close game out of it, and they were down 3 to nothing with under four minutes to play. BU can make the game close in the blink of an eye. My problem with them, and I think everyone else's problem with them, has been they play horrendously inconsistent. And my two biggest question marks are actually um, – you didn't mention one of them, but uh, – you mentioned the other. My biggest questions are on the defensive end with Dante Fabro and Charlie McAvoy. All the talent in the world, but play like boneheads at times. Like uh, against Harvard in the Beanpot, pinching up to try and stop someone rushing at the corner of the blue line, leaving the rest of the rink wide open with no help behind for a shot and not injured in a goal. Uh, plays like that have marred Fabro's defensive play. I know what he can do on the offensive side from his defenseman position, but I need to see a little bit more out of Fabro on the defensive side, and I need to see better decision making. I still think BU can pull it off. I think they will play with a chip on their shoulders after they think, and they do, they think they got screwed against BC in that last couple seconds. I think they'll play with a chip on their shoulder, and they'll play mad and I say this respectfully to you good North Dakota people, that's a team you should be afraid of, a BU team that plays mad. I think that North Dakota always takes the BU because they've, they've, they've broke the hearts of North Dakota a few times in the, in, over the years, BU and BC. And uh, they just say anyone with Boston is going to be a tough out. But, you know, when you have they, – they're also without Tucker Pullman. They might be without Tucker Pullman, their their star defenseman. He's ranked as one of the top 25 prospects. Uh, I think he's a junior. Kid is rock solid at the blue line. He has 30 points. He got hurt last uh, last week against Duluth. And he's still – they still expect him to be there, but they don't know what kind of contribute. But the guy, uh, just like you talk about uh, Ettinger, um, the goalie for, for UND, that's going to be key too. Last year uh, – uh, Cam Johnson made all of the saves. He was just on it all the time. This is a team that does have a tendency to let somebody get behind them and get on some breakaways. They can play great. They can dominate, push the play, uh, beat you physically. But then all of a sudden, oh, we'll put Clayton Keller or one of those guys and Clayton on the on the power play on the playing on the penalty kill. That's a tough thing for uh, UND sometimes. So they really have to be. They don't have all the talent that they had last year. So if they're not on their A game, 
they can be taken. Um, fortunately for them, lately they seem to be all on the same page. And to Chris's point about BU playing mad, right after that controversial play you mentioned with Fitzgerald laying on the face off, there was a fist fight. And Dave, we talked about this a few weeks ago as well. There aren't a lot of fights no. in college hockey. They do a very good job in college hockey of keeping that less of a part of the game. So you really have to do something to get involved in an outright brawl. And for a few seconds after that final, after the end of that game, it was brutal. It was There were game misconduct. We all left the TD Bank Garden. I almost called it TD Bank North Garden, dating myself a bit. We all left that building with no idea what the penalties were that were assessed. Hockey East still hadn't figured it out by the late hours of Friday night into Saturday morning. So BU is absolutely playing mad, and if they keep that anger up, they're going to be playing very feisty. But that might be the best game of the first round. The winner will go on to take Minnesota Duluth or Ohio State, I think, we might all be in agreement that it's Minnesota Duluth. They won an extremely tough conference this year in the NCHC. And while Ohio State is a tough team and should not be counted out, I think that might be, well, that might be the most clear favorite of the first round, although Denver would make a similar case. I, I think this is a bigger favorite than Michigan uh, than Denver over Michigan Tech just because of the goaltending and uh, the speed of Duluth that they can they can uh, move around. You know, the North Dakota-Duluth game at the end, that thing, uh, Cam Johnson got ran on one play. There was That was a very, very chippy game too, and that's how, uh, that's how Pullman got hurt. So uh, that's a – Duluth-North Dakota would love nothing more than to see them again, but they've lost to them six straight times. Uh, so, of course, they're going to be – I think all of North Dakota is going to be pulling for Ohio State to pull something out because uh, – They've really struggled with uh, the Bulldogs this year. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, boy, I take a look at the lineups for Ohio State and Duluth, and I think, man, I really want to pick the Buckeyes. I just, I, I really want, you, don't, you have no idea how much I really want to pick the Buckeyes for, uh, for in part, it might be my, Guilt for loving a good upset, but man, Mason Jobs, uh, Jobs, I'm probably pronouncing his name horribly wrong, David Gust, Nick Sh- uh, Schilke, I mean, I don't know how many NCAA teams have three 40-plus scorers on their team, but Ohio State has three of them, 41-41 from Gust and Schilke, and 55, including 36 assists out of Mason Jobs. I mean, I take a look at that offensive depth, and I think and that top line, at the very least, is able to keep up with an outpaced Duluth offensively. I, I know that the Big Ten is more attuned for offense than the NCA, than the uh, NCHC is, but you know, that's a tough one to call. And I might be picking this one off of my. I sincerely want an upset, and I sincerely want. Um, I would like Ohio State to win in part. I'll fully admit, because on the chance that BU wins, I'd rather face Ohio State than Duluth. But, man, I don't know who to pick out of this one. I think this is the only one where, and I I do genuinely think Denver is a bigger favorite over Tech than Duluth would be over Ohio State, because Tech has no offense compared to what Denver can roll out. Denver has no offense whatsoever compared to what Denver can roll out. But Tech has but Tech has a goaltender in the NCAA tournament that can stand on its head. Ohio State played in a league where it's all about offense, and I think they had three of the three or four of the top scoring teams in the in the country. You now you're going to go. They've got, they've got uh, Toninato on that team, who's one of the best defensive forwards in the country. Joey Anderson, Pionic, uh, Iafalo. They've got a great team, and people tend to look past Hunter Miska in that. And that kid has been a rock for them back there. He's uh, he solidified that team last year. They were the, they were like Harvard. They under, they, they didn't get to where they underperformed a little bit uh, throughout the year. And it cost them in the tournament last year. This is a hungry team too. Personally, I, I'm with you. I'd like to see the upset as a fan, 
but if I was going to say which team is the most is is the is um, is the most lopsided game, this game I think will be. Uh, I think that the Ohio State might be able will, will score, but I would pick Duluth. Uh, that would be a bigger upset to me if Ohio State beat Duluth than if uh, Tech beat Denver. That's just me. I would. Mm-hmm. I would say only because of comparative recent history and because Tech is only now getting back to actual relevance. Because they've, remember, Tech has not been relevant in 30 years in the world of college hockey. Ohio State has had fairly recent success. I mean, their, their only trip to the Frozen Four was in 1998. The last time Tech was in the Frozen Four was 1981. So, and here's the other thing that I found interesting about the uh, about the goaltending for Ohio State. They switched their goaltenders between Fry and Tompkins. They tried playing with two goaltenders for most of the season. I I just don't think that's the correct way to go about it. So I wouldn't say that their goaltending was uh, below average because of anything other than they kept flipping back and forth between their goaltenders. So I think they went with I think they settled on Christian Fry as being their goaltender for for the run and for the remainder of the season. So I think if you settle on a goaltender, then you can make something happen and you'll be fine. But um, yeah, I, I just take a look at all this and I think I actually think Ohio State might have the recipe to uh, to pull an upset on Duluth. So I am very tempted to pick them. In pick fact, them. I'll be I'll be crazy <laughs> enough. I'll be crazy enough to get more disagreements and pick Ohio State to win that game. Just just on a gut feeling about their offense. Is is Healy out for them? Uh, with the didn't he have another uh, spearing incident? Was that him that had it? They, um, I I'm not sure. Let me check. I'm not sure ultimately, but uh, yeah, someone was out for them. Yeah. Regardless, I, uh, we're in for some fun hockey and. You made a point earlier about this being the best regional. Yeah, this is really the best regional. Uh, this will provide the most competitive hockey, I think. Yeah, I think you've got you've got, story, you've got storied programs. You've got lots of storylines. You've got thirty four uh, thirty people, players who are drafted in this uh, in the, uh, in this region. Um, yeah, I, I think that's got a little bit of everything in this one, and it's and the funny thing is, all of these all of these teams, except for Duluth, maybe have their flaws. They've showed some flaws, but they all have a ton of potential. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But for this, uh, for uh, my gut on an upset, I will take Ohio State, and for my fan pick, and I will fully admit this is something of a fan pick. Though you will agree with me, this is not without any sort of reason, I will take BU to win. And should they face Ohio State, I think BU is in the Frozen Four and would face Harvard in that round. Okay. I would pick North Dakota over BU. That's a surprise. I guess that's an upset, three versus two. <laughs> Not really. On paper, no. This is one case in which uh, in which the three should actually be favored over the two. No, I agree with that. Uh, I don't know if they, if they're favored, but I think it's gonna. This is all a coin flip tournament, but I think I'm just gonna go as a fan too, partially with it, and also go with the home home ice advantage. And I'm gonna say North Dakota takes BU, but I am gonna say it's gonna be uh, Duluth and North Dakota. And if you had seen that title game last week, man, that was amazing. Pagansky got a late penalty called on him. And they wound up scoring. Uh, uh, Duluth wound up scoring in the last in the last seconds to to win that game. But uh, North Dakota scored three power play goals. They've been a much different team as you know to face Denver and then Duluth. They're coming in on a roll. Tucker Pullman's uh, injury, I think that's going to be big. Keep an eye on Cam Johnson. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take North Dakota just because I can't believe that they can beat set be beat seven times in a row. That's the re- that's my reasoning for them getting the Frozen Four over Duluth. Mm-hmm. I'll actually take Minnesota Duluth. I, I personally, I think Minnesota Duluth showed a lot in winning it in making it this far, and I, I just 
given the toss-ups, I, I guess I have to go with the highest seed also because this is the one region we all seem to disagree on. So might as well go with the highest seed. I'd, I'd pick as a fan, but really the only thing I can hope for as a fan is that Mike Vecchione doesn't score any goals and maybe makes the Hobie Baker race a little closer. You know, as the as as I called him in a column last week, the leader in the clubhouse, Zach Aston Reese. But the problem with that phrase is you're in the clubhouse and other people aren't. So I, I guess that would be the only thing I'd be rooting for as a fan. But I don't even feel right about that. You don't root against a single player to have a bad tournament. You you want everyone to play well. So so um, I, I'm kind of envious of you both that you can look at this as a fan and had a little bit of fun with the one game. And it might be the best game of the opening round, at least in talking about it it seems to be the most even matchup of the opening round that's saying something it's a tough opening round this year um so we have three regions we agree on we have denver coming out of the midwest umass lowell coming out of the northeast harvard coming out of the east so you know what i'll go i'll I'll, I'll change it up with you i'll go with western michigan coming out of there Okay. Seriously, are you going? Are you going with that for the sake of disagreeing, or are you going with that because uh, because you're having a change of thought about Western Michigan versus Harvard, though? I'm going. I'm going with it with both. I think that they're under. They were just a just a little bit below Denver this year. They they've got. Uh, I love their coach. I think they've got a great program, um, and I think they're they're going to be under. Uh, they're they're flying under the radar right now. That's okay. that's completely fair. That. I would I would also mention that you've you've mentioned that coach quite a bit today. So so I wouldn't I'm not at all surprised that you end up picking Western Michigan in that bracket. So I guess we'll start with you then, Dave. Who would your championship game in Chicago be? I I you can pick a winner if you'd like, or you can choose not to. But who who would you? select for your championship game not that not that we would recommend that anyone go out and bet on what any of us are saying here okay so it's uh who are the regional who are the regionals uh so the is it the northeast and the east region that face each other or is it the yeah it's it would be in yours it would be denver versus lowell and it would be western michigan versus north dakota well i'll take i would take uh denver and und in the finals Okay. Um, so in mine, for the record, I would have Denver versus Lowell, and I would have BU versus Harvard. So, quick notes. Um, I might show a little bit of my Hockey East bias here, but I think Denver would have a handful about it. I would, I would have a hard time. First off, I'm not going to pick a national champion right now. I'm only going to pick my game because also, I'm going to be in Chicago covering the Frozen Four, and um, I hope to do another one of these podcasts with you before then. So until such time when the when we get there, I will refrain from picking a national champion. That said, for right now, I would pick, I would pick Denver to beat Lowell by a hair, and that is only because I think they have slightly more depth on the defensive side, and because Tyler Wall is not quite the uh, the goaltender that Lowell will need them to be when compared to uh, to Tanner Jelliot. I mean, Wall is only a freshman; Jelliot's a junior. So I would pick Denver to win that game, and then in the rematch, basically between DU and Harvard. From actually, this would be the third time that DU and Harvard would play each other. Um, you won the first one in Aganis. Harvard won the second one at the Garden. I genuinely think that Harvard is a more talented team than BU, so I'm going to pick against FanMe and pick Harvard to win that game, which means it would be a Denver-Harvard national championship game in Chicago. I think that speaks to the respect a school gets when they win the Beanpot, that you just picked Harvard over BU in the in the Frozen Four. But it I isn't... Pers- Mm-hmm. It it isn't even the fact that Harvard beat BU in the Beanpot. It's how badly they beat and uh, how badly they beat BU and how I haven't seen a team at many levels, high school, college, professional, that wants this 
more than Harvard does. They wanted the bean pot. They wanted to beat Union. They wanted to win the ECAC, both regular season and tournament. They want to win the national championship. And I think hockey is the sport where if you want it that badly, that will overwhelm most opponents. And simply, I think they want it and wanted it more than BU. So I think they still do, ultimately. I'd pick them to go to the national championship game. Well, I also think you had a good idea not picking the final or not picking the champion until next week we can talk about the Frozen Four. I think my championship game personally would be Lowell versus Harvard, and that might be speaking with some Eastern bias since I've watched an awful lot of both of those teams. But I agree with everything you said about Harvard just wanting it so badly. They're an extremely well-coached team. Their program has come a long way in the la- under Donato. You can say a lot about you can say a lot of the same things about UMass Lowell and what they've done under Norm Bays, and that's really his program and nobody else's. And it would be I, I have a lot of trouble picking against Lowell after what we saw last weekend, and I really can't pick against Harvard right now until I see any reason to do so. So that would be my championship game. I got to say, I think you guys are, are underestimating the, the, the NCHC right now. That is a big, strong physical league and it's fun. Last year, uh, last year uh, we went through this with the American sports network where people were like, Oh, you're, you're talking about the, the NCHC an awful lot, but the East is really good. I think the East is fantastic, but I think that those top three or four teams in the in the West out here, uh, they're they're super good. Uh, the Denver and Denver and Duluth, even though I didn't pick Duluth to get into the title game, and that that I guess is partially fan based. Um, they're the best. They're they're they are very mirror images of how UND was last year. And that, that hey, remember, say. I picked Denver to go to the national championship yeah. game. Give me a little bit of credit here. <laughs> I do. I give you some. <laughs> I give you quite a bit, actually. Yeah, and, and these are excellent teams, to your point. I, I don't want to dismiss the NCHC at all, either. That's, I, I think, top to bottom this year, that might be the best conference in the country. Certainly, there would be an argument. We could have an entire podcast arguing them, them versus Hockey East, but the case could certainly be made, and it would be hard to dismiss a case like that because Denver's been so great. Duluth's been excellent. Western Michigan's been excellent. North Dakota has shown, especially in recent weeks, that they are still one of the best teams in the country. They still have a lot of flashes of that team that really steamrolled this tournament last year and just plowed through everybody after after a really thrilling and exciting first minute where Northeastern was doing very well. They just throttled everybody, North Dakota and the rest of that tournament, and walked on through to to their championship. So I... I I certainly would agree with you that the NCHC has been a fantastic conference all year. Yeah, I think that I think that it, it's just it's what the best part of this year is. Even though we give each other uh, a little a little crap about this right now, it's so great to see people who've seen hockey East and a lot and cover it as much as you guys do, uh, and and then get my input on it. It's 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 fun to see how how. Um, see different perspectives and things that you have no idea about. And it's going to be, a, all these regions are going to be great. If I could pick a region, bias aside, if I could sit anywhere, I would want to sit and watch that BU North Dakota game just because of the story programs that they have and all of that talent that's going to be on the ice over there. I think we're going to, fans that are going to be there are going to see so much, uh, so many players that are going to be in the NHL within the next few weeks or or, or a year or two. And that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going to be at uh, – I'm shuttling back and forth between two of these regionals. I'm covering – at least we'll attempt to – cover every single game of both the Manchester Regional and the Providence Regional over this next weekend. So college hockey is consuming and subsuming my life entirely. It's going to be great. Um, so – I will have the privilege of being able to cover some excellent hockey games. I um, I wish I were able to fly out to Fargo to uh, go cover the BU team that I've covered for most of the season, but 
won't happen. Unfortunate, but oh well, minor details. I will be in Chicago to cover the Frozen Four as well, which is going to be pretty awesome too. So this is the best time of year for college hockey, and I'm very happy that I picked college hockey as my sport to follow for right now over college basketball by a but, mile. I think this tournament's yeah. better. Could you imagine if, if, if some of the basketball fans would sit down at some of these games, if they got taken into some of these arenas for these games? Uh, it's just God. the most wonderful sport to see firsthand. In person, yeah. I think you have to be at a hockey rink to understand. I mean, it televises fine, but it's not quite the same as being there in person. And I want to – I really want to see what uh, North Dakota's like. Uh, for a fan. I really want to see what... Uh, I haven't been able to go to Providence for a home game, but I would like to experience that. Songus up in Lowell is, is outstanding, so uh, it's a lot of markets you wouldn't expect to be really good that are really good, so it's a great time being a, being a college hockey fan right now. Yeah, it, it really is. This is this is a great time of year to be a college hockey fan. This tournament always does seem to me to be a little more open than the basketball tournament when it gets to the Sweet 16. We all love that first weekend of the basketball tournament where upsets abound and a 15 seed can be a darling for a couple of days. We can get to know these schools that we didn't know existed a few years ago. I lived in Florida for a while. I had no idea there was such a thing as Florida Gulf Coast University until suddenly they were Dunk City. But the college hockey tournament just, it's its own world. And college hockey itself is its own world. It televises great, as Chris said, but you go to the games and it's different. The student sections, there aren't just a few of them that are loud they're all loud and they're all unique and they do their own things they have their own routines and everything so it really is a great time of year to see these contrasting programs and they're all there are so many out of conference matchups and out of city matchups so you get to see a different fan base than you're used to seeing if you follow just one school or follow just one conference so that will be interesting as well coming in Chris, travel safely between those two venues and to Chicago as well. It can it can be um, it's still winter time in the Northeast. It may say spring on the calendar, but it still feels like winter up here. It's howling wind and cold. So travel safely when you go. Thank you very much for coming on as well. Thank you for coming on, Dave. And I have one final thought myself. Dave mentioned. ASN, the American Sports Network, and you might notice that our artwork will still, when it, this goes up on Friday, it will still have the old ASN logo. This was on ASN. The American Sports Network helped me launch this podcast and gave me a college hockey column for a year. I got to get back into covering the game after years away as just a fan, just watching the bean pot and watching a few hockey East games every year and following the sport very closely, I was able to get back into covering college hockey because of ASN. So while it didn't work out, I want to thank everyone at ASN that gave me the chance and all the best. We will at puck university. We will always think fondly of ASN as the people that helped get us launched. So for Dave Dondino, Chris Lynch of side hockey, And this is Tim Williams. This is Puck University that you've been listening to. Enjoy the first round of the NCAA tournament. Enjoy the regionals, everybody. And as always, keep your head up and your hits clean.